Hallelujah. We are continuing tonight on our faith revolution that we are starting to use our faith to reverse that which we are dissatisfied and not comfortable with or things that the enemy has imprisoned us with. So let's turn our You know what I think I'm going to teach on uh, where faith comes from. Where does faith come from? The Word? The Word? Anybody else? Huh? Hearing and hearing the Word. Really? Huh. Okay. Let's go to Second Peter 1.1. 1, 1. Can I have these uh, up on the screen? Second Peter 1.1. 1, 1. Okay. Simon Peter a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. To them that have obtained, somebody say obtained, not looking for, not trying to get, having what? Having what? Having obtained like or the same type of faith that Peter lives in, moves in faith with us through the righteousness of God. In other words, faith accompanies righteousness. And our Savior, Jesus Christ. Right there, somebody keep in your mind that we have obtained. We have obtained. Wayne, do you have a... Look, tell me what obtained means. Now... As we're going there, let's go to Romans 12, 3. Remember, we have obtained. Let me know when you got her, Wayne. Romans 12, 3 says this. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God is dealing to every man the measure of faith. Is that what it said? No, didn't say that at all. According as God, what's that word? Hath. Somebody say past tense. This is an already established fact that you and I have the measure of faith that every Christian has, which is enough to partake of every promise of God. Now, that's a fact. It's a fact. And then let's go to, did you get that yet, Wayne? What is it? without our strength. It is given, you have obtained, not because you worked, not because you struggled, but because God said, here. Here. So now we see that we have been given, according to 2 Peter 1.1, 1, 1, 
the measure of faith which confirms that we have been given. Somebody say, it's mine. Okay. Now, let's go to 1 John 5, 4 and 5. 1 John 5, 4. And it says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Now, this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our. Does that sound like you are waiting to get it? Does that sound like it's on its way to you? Nope. Even our. The word our is a possessive word or a word that is trying to indicate to us ownership or possession. Next verse. Who is he that overcometh? the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Hallelujah. Now, I will. Let, let's go to Romans ten seventeen. Phyllis made the statement and everybody else said that we get faith from hearing the word. <clears throat> How about we read the Bible tonight instead of listening to people that echo it to us? Romans 10, 17. Where are you, Romans? There you are. Romans 10, 17. And uh, let's, let's go up to, back down to 14. Romans 10, 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher, a proclaimer? And then he says in verse 15, and how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say unto you, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all of the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will prove you to jealousy by them that are no People, but by the foolish nation I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel, saith he, all of the days I have stretched forth my hand unto the disobedient and gainsaying people. Now, let's go to verse 10. And it says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then it says, how shall they call upon him 
on whom they have not heard. What is this saying, Joe? What, what's it really saying? It says that people cannot be saved unless they hear the good news of the substitutionary work of Jesus Christ. Now, when you hear that, believe it in your heart, confess it with your mouth, what happens to you? You what? You're saved. What does that mean, Randy? What does it mean to be saved? The kingdom of God is one. Uh, we become sons and daughters of God when we are saved. Is that right? Okay. Ephesians 2.8 says what? By grace you are saved. Saved. By grace you are born again. Through what? So every person that calls upon the name of the Lord, the moment God knows it, that man or that woman is granted or given, given by God, faith to be saved or to become the Son of God. Really, when man has made a decision in his heart, God knows the thoughts and heart, uh, thoughts and intents of the heart, before you even process that whole thought, God has read the end of the thought. He's able to do above and beyond all you ask or think. And as soon as you think, I'm going to receive Jesus, boom! There is an infusion of faith in you for you to be saved. Now, the reason I know it happens then, because wicked and unrighteous men do not possess faith. But people that believe unto righteousness, those that believe that Jesus did what they have just been told are saved or born again. Now, how much faith did God give that new child? Did he give him just enough to get saved? Or did he give him enough to live life? Now, I'm going to ask this question, and you're going to say, absolutely not, you're crazy, Pastor. Where is the faith that God gave us. Where is the measure of faith? Where is the faith that you obtain? Where? In the human spirit. Well, well, where was it? Initially, it was in the good news of the substitutionary work of Jesus Christ. But as soon as you believe that, you are saved or you become a righteous one. You become a son and daughter of God. Now, please listen to what I'm saying. The faith that is released, because when faith is put into the human spirit, it is put in in seed form. Just like every fruit of the spirit is in you in seed form. 
Now, we grow in love. Not that we get more love. We grow in love. We grow in what we possess. We grow in temperance. We grow in kindness. We grow in long-suffering. Those things are in seed form. And Jesus said this, it this way, that you will know them by their fruits. In other words, you've been seeded to be able to walk in the Christ life. But if you don't develop that, if you don't nurture these seeds, if you don't blossom these nine fruits, then you understand that you will always be an immature Christian. You'll always be carnally minded. You'll always be easily offended. You'll always be quick to judge with no true substance or care about the one that you are exercising your criticism or judgment towards. These are childish things. But going back to faith. Faith is given to you. Now, what you do with it is totally up to you. You can nurture it, you can grow it, you can exercise it, or you cannot use it at all and just be a tomb for faith. But faith had been given to you. Somebody say, I have faith. Well, what does it mean then when faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God? It came when you heard, and when you heard and you believed, you were born again. And when you were born again, you are given, given, you are given faith. Well, what does it mean, though, it comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God? Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed to the world. Stop being manipulated, guided, and maneuvered by the old man that lived without faith. Stop that. Here's how you stop it. You stop it by being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you prove that which is good, perfect, and acceptable, acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, that's what you get when your mind is renewed. Do you remember Jesus gave us a parable? Every kingdom divided against itself shall not stand. You remember that? Every individual is a kingdom within their self. If the mind does not connect with the recreated spirit, the man continues to live faithless. But if a man's mind is renewed, guess what happens? A kingdom is united. And that which out of the human recreated spirit then floods the soul, fills the mouth, and transforms your situation. See, faith does come in initially by this but after that faith comes out of the human recreated spirit the bible says galatians 2 20 uh, that i'm crucified with christ i'm dead with christ to the outer world and to the outer man to the influences of satan and sin but nevertheless the life that I live, 
I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. Do you remember that we put off the old man and we put on the new man? How do we do that? By the renewing of the mind. And then that man, the recreated human spirit, then has access to your thoughts, your reason, your intellect, and it has access to release faith, love, joy, peace, goodness, long-suffering, temperance. It has access to all them. But without your mind being renewed, you will always be disconnected and living out of your soul. You say, this is, Pastor, this is just too heavy. No, it's not. It's just that we have been preached too wrongly. We have just been preached too wrongly. Now, I have known this for over 25 years. I've asked probably about 95% of my peers where they think faith comes from. I said, and before you answer, does it come from the recreated human spirit or does it come from the words in the Bible? And without fail, every one of them have said it comes from the recreated spirit because that's where your faith is. Faith is not of the human mind though it requires the transformation of the human mind to the spiritual mind. And when it is, there is that connection. And faith is then released out of the human spirit. You say, well, why do we need the Bible? You need the Bible because your mind must be renewed. You understand, your mind must be renewed. Paul prayed this way in Ephesians. God opened the eyes, the spiritual eyes of their understanding that they might know, not only know, but then that they would live by the power that raised Christ from the dead and that they would rule with him from heavenly places because everything is made subject to his feet. Your spiritual eyes and ears must be open. So how do we open our spiritual eyes and ears? Now that doesn't, now please listen to me. Doesn't mean you don't need the word. It means you need the word. You understand, all these strongholds in your mind, what do they do? They keep Christ from ruling over or through your life. So these strongholds that are in your mind must be tore down so that Christ can have his rightful place. And how does Christ have any right in any man's life except by faith. Now, let's go to, uh, hmm. let's go to Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17. Again, you are and I are both in desperate need of a transformed mind. What, why, why does our mind have to be transformed? From carnal to spiritual. Don't just be born of the Spirit, but walk in the Spirit. And we do that by faith. But sometimes we think that faith is here. Well, the Bible says, oh no, you don't have to do this or that. The word is nigh thee, even in your mouth. 
Well, where does your mouth come from? Well, it comes through a renewed mind or a carnal mind, either one. And where does that, where is that connected? Your human spirit. Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith cometh. This is the initial cometh. After that, you must nurture it, feed it, exercise it, and use it. And if you don't, it will do just what you want it to do. Nothing. You're going to have to speak to the mountain if you want it moved. And then it says this, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing, hearing, where does hearing come from? The Word. The Word. This Word that says cometh by the Word of God, this Word here is the word called rhema. The word called rhema. Somebody say rhema. Rhema means an utterance, something said, something said by a living voice. Now, this is inspired by God to men, and they wrote it. It is inspired. Somebody say inspired. Now what we want to do is release the voice of the living God to create living faith. Now, this word rhema is different than the word of God through other parts in the Bible. In John 1, 1 and 1, 2, it says, and the word was with God and the word was God. Then the word was made flesh. That word or word for word of God is a word called logos. It is the expression of God's thought to mankind. When Jesus walked the earth, he was God in the flesh, but he was the Word made flesh. In other words, when Jesus walked the earth, it was God's thought and intent to show man who God was. See, there's more to the Scriptures than just black or white. And if you, as a Christian, look at people black and white, you have lost the intent and the thought of God towards you and them walking as brothers and sisters. You've lost that. That's why the letter kills, but the Spirit of God giveth life. That's why love covers a multitude of sin. Those that don't have it, destroy by sin. Not the man's sin that's being judged, the sin of the man that is judging. Because if you judge without an intent to cover a man's sins, you're not judging out of the Spirit of Christ. Just a thought. So think of this, that Jesus was the expression of God's thought and intent to reveal himself to man. Jesus says it this way, when you look on me, don't you know you see 
the Father. That was the intent of God in making Christ flesh. God's thought is that if you catch somebody in sin, you that are without a sin cast the first stone. God's intent was, remember, as Paul said, you once walked like them, and if you throw the stone, I'll make sure that a dump truck comes back at you. Because as you judge, so will you be judged. That was the intent of that encounter. It wasn't to condone that the woman could sleep with somebody and get away with it. That wasn't the intent of his mercy and his forgiveness. This is why judgmentalism and criticism is so carnal and so divisive and so demonic when it comes from a believer even towards a sinner. Because the Bible says, don't judge them that are without, I myself, God, will judge them. Don't become God in your self-righteousness. We need to judge people as if we were the culprit of doing wrong. Because remember, when you judge someone else, you need to open up your eyes because there's a log jam in your life. God just hasn't revealed it to you yet. Hallelujah. Now, it comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. How do you hear? Well, I, I put it on tape. Great, I, I think that's a good deal. How do you hear? Well, I make up memory cards. Yep, memorization, I think that's a good deal. Well, I read the Bible all the time. But faith doesn't come by reading. It comes by hearing. Now, remember that over... 4,000 years, the story of Jesus Christ has been told. But until you really hear it and believe, you can't be saved. The Pharisees saw the word, heard the word, and were still Pharisees. They weren't saved. They refused to believe. Well, what does that mean? That means that Deuteronomy says that these are people that have no faith. And so the Pharisees didn't have faith. They couldn't be saved because they couldn't see and hear what Jesus was saying. Now, how do we hear? Go to Proverbs, the sixth chapter. I'm going to show you how you get to hear. And I don't mean this harshly or crude, but if you don't do it God's way, you're never going to have faith. Now, you have been given, you have obtained by the mercy of the long-suffering of God, he gave you faith. He gave you the measure of faith. And he put it into your care. You have to feed it. You have to keep it holy. You have to keep it righteous. You got to keep it free from carnal barriers of judgment, scrutiny, criticism. I, if you've been saved two weeks, you ought to be beyond that. Now, I'm just telling you. Well, maybe I need to get rebaptized. Well, find something deeper than what we've been given then. It isn't your baptism, it isn't your confession, it's your refusal 
to replace the old man conformity to the world and not be transformed into a new man. Proverbs 6, and let me see where I want to go with these. All right, verse 20. My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart or within your soul. That word heart right there means soul, your intellect. So bind them up on your soul and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee, and when thou sleepest, it shall keep thee, and when thou awakest, it shall, what? Talk with thee. Now wait a second. Let's go back to verse 20. Keep thy father's commandments and your mother's law. Now keep that. But as you keep it, keep it active in your soul. Meditate. Think about it. Go over and over and over. Put it about your neck. Keep it in front of you. Now, if you have the commandment and the law, why does it have to speak? That's when it becomes a living oracle. That is when it becomes filled with the transforming power of God. So faith does come by hearing, but it comes up out of the human spirit. Secondly, you have to hear what the Scripture is saying in order for faith to be released into the transformed mind. And only then do you think spiritually and not carnally. Then faith can flow. So, again, you have faith. No doubt. No doubt. If you didn't have faith, you wouldn't be saved 15 minutes. You didn't have faith, you would have no authority. If you didn't have faith, you would never pray. All of these things that you do are based out of faith but it's faith right here in the human spirit. Now, we have to hear. You have to hear the Bible. You have to hear the Word of God, but not just with the surface ear. You got to be quiet and you meditate on it you go over it and over it you keep it in the center of your thought and your soul you're doing nothing more than what Joshua did with the law of Moses it had a voice and our faith has a voice and when God speaks that to you guess what you will be engraved. God said he would engrave the word, the commandments that had been written on stone. He would engrave them on the heart. Hebrews 8th chapter and the 10th chapter, he would engrave them upon your heart. That's when you have been transformed. That's when you have been transformed. Well, how, how will I know? Your whoop-wower will go off. Your mind, you will know when your mind is renewed. And then when your mind is renewed, faith has made 
a connection. And you can live the life that Christ has purchased for you. Now, when we have been taught about faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, that we just thought if we heard it or listened to it enough, we would have faith. You already have faith. You, you already have faith. You can't get any bigger measure. That's it. It's given. But now, how about we hear what God is really saying? Let's not just be Pharisees and worship the law, worship the writings of Moses. No, let's let those sayings from Jesus transform this mind. Because the Bible says the carnal mind that is conformed to the world is not, nor can it ever be, subject to any laws of God. And what is the law of God? Well, it's how faith works. You know, if you don't get yourself renewed and transformed, you'll never speak faith. Why? Because that seems foolishness to the natural man to speak things that are not as though they are. That's stupidity. How dare you think you could speak to a mountain or a storm? How, what kind of idiot are you? Well, I'm from another world. The life that I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I have heard the words of my Father. I keep them in the center of my soul. My mind is transformed. Therefore, I live not just be connected, but I live, walk, and move in the Spirit. That gives us a whole new concept of what faith is about and how it works. It's on the inside of you. It's what keeps you saved, what keeps you holy, what keeps you happy, joyful. Hallelujah. Uh, I don't think it was a too much, hallelujah, you'll get it. Think about it. Think about it. Just think about it. It's so simple when we look at it and stop listening to religious rhetoric. You know, people say this, well, you just need more faith to be healed. No. Number one, I'm saved. So to give you information, I'm already healed. To give you information, I'm already transformed. Give you information, I'm already he seated in heavenly places. Give you information, I'm set free from the kingdom of darkness. And the devil may come, but he's got no place in me. Amen. That's faith. All right, fellas, get your microphone. Let's go. Hallelujah. We've been uh, answering a couple questions every uh, Wednesday night. Where are you at, Phyllis? <clears throat> All right. Folks, I don't, I don't want you to think it's heavy. It's not heavy. It's just that we have been so wrongly taught that we just stay disconnected. Yes, yep. I, I got a statement and a question. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay, so I know when I was in trouble, you and Pastor Phyllis gave me a scripture, all things work together. And I know that even though in the natural, it didn't look like it would, when I chose to believe this, the scripture over my own thoughts, I got... I got delivered. So 
I understand the principle. Now, this is just, I don't understand this principle. I had to lay hands on someone today for healing, and before I did, I said, let me pray in tongues first because I just seem, when I pray in tongues, then it just seems to, I just don't know how that works, Pastor, but it seems to get me where I need to be to pray. I don't seem to be able just to, I mean, I know it builds us up in our most holy faith, but how does that work? Well, when you're praying the Holy Ghost, what did it do? Edifies, comforts, builds you up. You just are building yourself up in order to exercise faith. That's what you're doing. Okay. I, I guess I, I mean, I know it works. I just don't know how it works. I know how faith works because, like I said, I have to choose to believe the word over my own thoughts. But the praying in tongues, building, I just don't know how that. Well, when we get uncomfortable or run into places that we aren't sure how to do something, you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Yes. Because that's a place of your encouragement. Okay. So you're being encouraged. And then when you lay hands on them, you, you know, you've got, they got their forehead imprinted with your thumb and four <laughs> fingers. They're laying on the road and hallelujah. No, and they're healed. Thank you. Praise God. <laughs> got a question? Yeah. I figured there'd be a lot of questions. Maybe you're just thinking. I heard somebody say to me, I can't wait till God gives me the gift of faith more. And, and actually, she has lost her first love. God told her that. And well, she can't wait till God gives her, showers her with a... And, the and, gift of faith yeah, that's is weird. different than the faith that the believer has. The believer has enough faith to apprehend and get manifested every promise in the Bible, yea and amen. And we should not be slothful, but be followers of them who through faith and patience obtain or let it be given to them through faith. But then the gift of faith is the faith of God. And it's a gift for a designed purpose. It, it's not for uh, cars. It's not for this. It's not for that. It's for kingdom purposes. And so when the gift of faith falls on you, you are able to access the gifts of the Spirit. You're able to declare things such as Joshua did, commanded the sun to stand still. And people say, well, I believe I'm going to do that. No, you aren't. The gift of faith would enable you to walk on water. And I've heard people say, well, when I, I, I think I got enough faith, and I think that guy has enough faith to walk in water. I said, well, get a rope, because he's going to have to be dredged out. It does not and cannot happen except at the dividing of the Spirit as He wills. That's why we don't have Sunday morning out there on the pond. Well, I wanted to say, this lady that asked me that, um, she lost her first love um, with God. And so in Revelation it says, if you lose your first love, you've got to repent. Then... Yep, you have to return back to your former state. So, you're absolutely right. Faith is not going to work for anybody that starts drifting from God. Just know this. God is not trying to appease you. Now, He wants to be God in your life. But let me give you a real news flash. Not from CNN, not from Fox News, not from News America or wooby-wobby news, I, I'm just telling you, if you don't live the way God tells you, don't expect for him to work with you. I, I don't know what, I learned that from my wife. You work with me, you'll be blessed. If you don't, you'll be walking on the edge of death. 
But you know, God is not a puppet. We, we do not define how God's going to walk with us. He defines how we will walk with him. Think about, here, here is one of the things that I discovered years ago. Faith or Christianity is not the great obtaining. It is the great receiving. You receive Christ as your Savior. You don't obtain him. That's why it's not works. It's by faith. So just accept that God has done this, and if you hear from the Scriptures the voice of God, there's a voice within the Scripture. And if you loose that voice, then what's going to happen is you are going to rise up and accept what that voice has said. There's no Christian that says that's ever heard. Well, I'll tell you what, Pete, you go out and dig some ditches and get a job, I'll tell you what, I'm going to prosper you. That's not God. God wants to prosper you, but you're going to do it by faith, and faith is a great acceptance. It's not a great labor. The work has been finished before the foundations of the earth. So faith speaks things that are not as though they are, but it also speaks things that have been before the foundation of the earth so that you can see them now. Yes, Wayne. Pastor, I wonder if you could uh, expand a little bit about uh, it, it, when a new Christian, he's got his first love, and he's excited, and he's on fire, and he sees miracles happening in his life all of a sudden, and frequently. But then over a period of time, and in the Word, um, those things tend to subside. And Like being married. There you go. But Can't wait for the honeymoon, but three weeks later, you can't wait. You know, the Word is here to perf perfect us, to grow us, to build our faith. Yep. And yet, we're not seeing as many miracles as we did when we were first saved. That's because people withdraw from God. You know, here, the Bible says this. If you want to operate in the gifts, covet earnestly. That word, that's the only place it tells us to covet anything. It tells us not to covet everything else, but we are to covet. That word covet means refuse or have a mindset that refuses to live without the Holy Ghost interventions. And people, and I'm not talking about this congregation, I'm talking about all Christians. All Christians are living in whipped cream land. All they're interested is in them how to get a sailboat to the other side that Jesus helped you. You know, there is no stamina, no backbone, no grit, no passion to have all that God wants us to have. It's just not there. So someplace and sometime we are going to have to go back to the basics that simply says this, is Jesus Lord of your life? Yes. Then don't do anything that he doesn't want you doing. Well, you know, I just, we were kind of tired. Did the Lord say go ahead and sleep in? No, I remember what he said. Get up out of the bed and forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. But see, we live in this wish-washy, man-self-defying of what he thinks God requires of him. And then we wonder, why don't we get miracles? Well, why would God give you miracles? 
The Bible says in Acts, the fifth chapter, he gave the Holy Ghost to them that obey him. Now, if, if you don't live obedient, and all of you that, that are watching by live stream and getting ready to post on Facebook, understand this. Might be a good time for you to look at yourself and say, that's why I don't get it. Half obedience gets half of nothing. Yeah. Absolutely. Look, I'm not telling you what... Well, you're talking about works. I'm talking about a life of faith. You call it works. I call it a life of obedience, surrender. That's what I call it. So we as Christians have got to stop this westernized Christianity. We have got to stop this lukewarm commitment to Jesus. Sometimes in other countries, I tell them, no, 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 you, you guys didn't understand what I said. Go back. Why? Because you didn't understand what I said. Because I tell them, you cannot be saved. If you are not willing to forsake all, not willing to be rejected by your family, not willing to be scorned and scourged by your community, you cannot be saved if you are not willing to live a life that is dead to yourself. And they keep coming. I just sometimes I say, say no, you aren't. I said, look, help me, interpreter. These guys don't understand this. And he may look at me and say, oh, we understand. I said, and all these people are willing to go through that. Yep. You mean they're not their own? They aren't going to have anything. They're just, all they're going to do is live to tell people about Jesus. He said, they got it. I said, okay, well, then bring them on. But see, we... In America, we just are, I, I don't know, and I'm, I'm not fed up with the Church of America. I'm not this. I am disappointed for those that say that Jesus is Lord and live as if he's their servant. That is wrong. And the problem is, the long-suffering of God may keep you from reaping what you should reap because of His grace. But come judgment, He's going to say, what did you do? Now, you, you might say, well, I, well, I'm not afraid. Well, let me tell you something. I am. I am. Phil's to tell you, I'd, I'd, I'd say it multiple times. Honey, I hope I make it. I have just not done enough for Jesus. And I haven't. No man could. And so we have just got to pull up. Understand, we are all going to die. And when we die, we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Where will we be? I'm hoping that God just opens up the book and he says, Whoop, man, you've done a lot of good stuff. I hope he doesn't go, shh. But, you remember when you did this? Remember when you abused your authority? to get your way? Remember when you did this? Remember when you started a fib? Remember when you didn't tell the truth? Remember when you didn't tell the whole story? Peter, all liars will have their place in the lake of fire. Now, I know that you think, oh, God's not going to do that. He's going to be eating a bowl of popcorn and back and laying back in the reclining chair, watching replays of gun smoke. I'm afraid that you have missed who God is. 
Do you realize one word against another brother is a curse? Do you realize a statement that is misunderstood about another person and you say it, you make a lie? Well, you're, you're talking about legalism. No, I'm talking about the Holy Ghost living through you and you walking in the Spirit and not trying to just be a part of the Spirit. So, hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Let's pray. No, no, honey, I'm not. This will be our discussion till we go to sleep tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, thank you, God, awaken us. Let us, God, meditate, pursue, hear, read, hear, read, meditate. Keep in front of us, in the center of our thoughts, your word that we may hear God, that God faith may come up out of our recreated spirit. Our minds be renewed and God united in the life of faith. God, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.